For those about to rock, CGSW 90.9 FM and Calgary.
Good evening. It is not 10.09 and you are tuned in to CJSW 94.9 FM. My name's Graham. The program you're tuned into right now is titled That's Classical. This is a contemporary classical music radio program heard every Sunday night from 10 to midnight here on CJSW. We try and take you around the world as much as possible and within this 21st century as much as possible for all the different ways classical music is being represented and interpreted and interacted with either with the composers and the performers or the performers and software performers and composers with audiences with different genres with different opinions with different ideologies it's a wide-ranging soundscape um and it's a big umbrella um so We take two hours to try and make sense of it as much as we can. So thank you. Thanks for taking those two hours out of your week and spending it here with me this evening and trying to find different sounds that might pique something within you. So as I mentioned before, it's CJSW 90.9 FM. We are heard online at CJSW.com. You can listen to this program on that website, CJSW.com, or as an iTunes podcast on the CJSW app. If you're in Lethbridge, you can listen to this program via CKXU 88.3. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or requests, you can phone or text me here in the booth, 403-220-3991. This evening, uh, it is an annual uh, event. It is the weekend before the Academy Awards. So this evening, we're going to uh, look at the five nominees for Best Score, uh, Best Original Score, I guess, is the proper name for it. And over the years, I've done this. Looking back at it, I guess I've done, uh, this is at least the seventh one. Uh, Over the years, I've talked to uh, my friend Adam, who is the station manager here at the the great CGSW, and uh, we always discuss it, um, sometimes at length, sometimes just, hey, I agree. And uh, so he's finally taken me up on the invite to do the program with me this year. So thank you for joining me, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I guess it was kind of mean of me to say you finally took me up. In the offer. No, this no, is seriously, the read me. Year. Like, like <laughs> I, my apologies, I was I wasn't able to do it last year. That's but, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah delighted to be here tonight. <clears throat> this is gonna be a hoot. Yeah, this is gonna be great. Um, well, we we we're gonna also have a conversation this evening. So pull up a nice, uh, comfortable chair wherever you are listening to this, and. Uh, Talk back to the radio. We probably won't hear you. Can't say we won't because uh, I don't know radio technology that well. We probably won't respond though. But uh, feel free to talk back to it. And well, you'll uh, be slinging the hot tunes. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's true. And what is the premise of tonight's program? So it is uh, we take a look at the five nominees for best original score um, and. To see what it's all about. I mean, everybody's, uh, you know, this is the best actress. This is the best sound design. This is the best uh, original screenplay uh, in Radioland. Best original score kind of suits the program. Uh, All these scores are 
by kind of default, but it also just really works out, is classical music. Uh, it's within that umbrella. Um, and so it's a, it's a way to experience it without necessarily watching the movie or I think better yet, um, a step outside of the movie. Um, I think I say it every year. My example or definition, I guess, of the a, a very solid score is the album can sit alone outside of the movie. So I can listen to it and <clears throat> enjoy the album for the art form that an album is. It is curated well. It tells a story. It doesn't have to necessarily tell the story of the movie, but it flows like any good album should. It isn't just here are sounds from the movie that accent the movie. Did that answer your question? No, that was very, very <laughs> comprehensive. And I yeah. guess... I'm kind of curious to know, like, what are your some of your favorite film scores? Just to contextualize your your yeah. where you're coming from. Um, top of the mind, uh, there are two movies that I remember very distinctly pausing in the middle of watching it to look up who wrote the score because I was flabbergasted at how amazing they were. Uh, Arrival, okay, Johan Johansson. Uh, actually, they were both Johan Johansson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Sicario. Oh, nice. Um, both of those scores kind of blew me away. Uh, I'm going to triple check, make sure it is Johan Johansson for both. Um, but uh, those are two of my favorites. Lord of the Rings, um, pretty killer. The original Star Wars, um, episode five as well. Okay. Um uh, yeah, Johan Johansson for both of them. Those are the top ones that are coming to mind. Uh, Catch Me If You Can okay, has a very excellent score. That's probably the best way to answer the question is like whatever comes to mind. So it's not too like labored and thought about. It's yeah, just like, yeah, hey, these totally. are the ones that leave an impression. And that's fundamentally, yeah. I guess, what, what floats the boat. And yours? Okay, top of mind. I love... Uh, Morricone's Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Mm, nice. uh, actually, the whole Man with No Name trilogy. Yeah. Uh, super great. Maurice Jarre's Lawrence of Arabia score. Yeah. Uh, Ron Grainer's score to The Omega Man. Oh. Um, super fun. Interesting. Uh, Charlton Heston mm-hmm. sci-fi romp. One of my faves. Um, Lord of the Rings for sure. Yeah. Uh, Howard Shore, so good. Uh, Delta Force with Chuck Norris. <laughs> I don't know who did the score, but I remember that. Like, just thought it was so badass as a kid. Um, Interesting. And then I forget who did the score for Last of the Mohicans, the 1992 Michael Mann movie. But uh, that like one's pretty good too. Nominated too, was it? No, I, I think I remember when I watched that movie. Oh, it slaps. It. Yeah, I mean that movie's very good. Just. As a standalone, as a standalone right, film. <laughs> but I was watching a, a film criticism video on YouTube the other day. Okay. And uh, they were talking about, I think it was actually Sergio Leone, the, the guy who directed all those Man With No Name movies, mm. uh, said something about like, you know, in the mov- movie viewing experience, uh, 90% is listening, 10% is watching. Totally. I and, dig it. And you can see when a good score really makes a huge impact. 
Yeah. Or hear it, I should say. Yeah, that reminds me of two things. Hopefully I won't go too off track. I was watching uh, clips instead of just watching the movie of A Quiet Place, that horror film about... um, The monsters that hear. That hear, yeah. And I've never seen the movie, but I was like, oh, yeah, let's watch some clips from it and see if I can get interested in watching it. I was interested to notice that there was music to it. I, I guess I just assumed this whole time that it was kind of a silent movie Mm -hmm. Uh, but i'm glad i was wrong because the music did create such a such a vibe such a mood such a theme to it um that uh usually with if you were to match it with regular screams of horror movies i feel like it just gets boring and kind of um like whitewashed i guess right and so it created this new vibe of like oh this is what it's supposed to sound like um and i i kind of got lost and wasn't fully watching the screen well Uh, you gotta love that kind of hypnosis yeah (laughs) it was really interesting how do you find uh music um movie scores are Nowadays, do you find when you're watching a movie, you do pay attention to it more, or was that more of a? You've listed a lot of movies from your childhood, from when you were growing up, or yeah, I guess actually, interesting question. Uh, well, the good ones do. Uh, like, uh, I, I, I guess it's maybe a 15 year old movie now, but like uh, Batman uh, Begins, I thought had a pretty killer yes. score. Yeah, and those are great. You know, I guess th- those ones are good. Too, I, I just don't know if mm-hmm. I've seen as many yeah. modern movies as many times. For sure. like, like, like in a weird way, the Lord yeah. of Rings is kind of like the exit point of like that's a movie I can cite of seeing probably at least half a dozen times. Yes. All three. Yeah, I don't know how many movies in the last twenty years I've seen half a dozen times. Very good point. You know, which is is probably a testament just to having so much option. We were talking about similar things off mic. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's that's probably where I would root it. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you grow up with a certain VHS collection, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, as a kid or whatever, or DVDs, like, you, you probably have seen certain movies like Back to the Future. I can hum that score yes. at any time. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, because I've seen those movies a dozen times. Exactly. So yeah. I, I guess... I didn't answer your question. So yeah, no, I think it's probably okay. just – yeah, there's lots of new ones that uh, – movies that do have arresting film scores. And actually listening to our selection of mm. best scores for the 2024 Academy Awards was yeah. was great because, uh, you know, I heard some like really, really cool stuff. And yeah. I, I'm sure if I see those movies half a dozen times each, they'll be in my list of faves. Totally. Yeah. Well, on that note – Let's get started. We're gonna we're gonna go in alphabetical order, just so that there's no preferential treatment. However, uh, this will be probably the first year that we're, we're gonna do it this year because I have a guest for this program. Usually, we just play the pieces and let you, the listener, decide. We're still gonna let you, the listener, decide what your favorite is. It is a subjective art, after all. Um, but we're gonna discuss. We're gonna throw shade where shade deserves to be thrown, and throw praise. Where it deserves to be thrown. So expect nothing less, people. Uh, we'll do it after, though. Uh, not on the fourth. Uh, we'll try to be a little factual, or maybe we'll say what we did like 
two times. Um, so first one is American Fiction. Do you remember listening to this score? Yes, absolutely. What were things you noticed, took away from? Uh, it could be factual. It could be, yeah, I enjoyed this section of it or something like that. Um, If I recall correctly, this one was, I, I was a, kind of organic sounding. Um, if you know, in terms of like the instrumentation, there was lots of yeah, like you know, acoustic instruments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it, I agree. I think the first at least couple of tracks uh, it sounded like it was just a like a jazz combo. Yeah, which you know was like cool. Yeah, you know it it was it was it was good. Like I'm not going to say anything more about sure. you yeah. know in terms of how it made me feel in the feels. I yeah. I need to see the film. That's one thing I do need to do because that might actually score aside. It sounds like a very interesting film. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Any anything on your end? Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting the fact that it did start as a jazz combo, or you know that feel uh, in and out of jazz heaviness at the beginning of the score. But as you progressed, and unfortunately we won't probably get to that point on this playthrough this evening. But as you progress. It morphs out of the jazz world into the just, you know, regular score orchestrally. Um, but I thought that knowing what little I know about the movie, not having seen it, interesting because there's this like morph within the film. So I, I was kind of contemplating if that was a direct representation or just a just a standalone thing. I can't help but think it's just a a direct representation of how the movie is, which I hope so, which makes it better. Um, but yeah, let's take a listen to it. This is um, the composer is Laura Cartman, and uh, here is American Fiction, the first few pieces um, from from the soundtrack here on CGSW ninety four nine FM.
That was excerpts from the American Fiction soundtrack composed by Laura Cartman. Uh, those selections that we heard, it's just the first five from all of the movies this evening. So Family Is, Monk Is, Boston, Massachusetts, Bookstore, Beautiful Emily, and Humans Remain. I haven't seen the movie, so I'm sure those, <laughs> as with all of these, make a little more sense if you've seen the movie, but... Um, okay, Adam, thoughts and feelings about the soundtrack to American Fiction? Well, I I really loved how kind of easily melodic it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, especially that first track, you know, it just sounded like a cool mid-century, you know, rom-com kind of soundtrack. Which, sure, yeah. You know, that, that that's not shade at all. That's actually something I dig quite a bit, yeah. so... Uh yeah no I thought yeah. it was quite charming yeah yeah I thought it was I thought it was good um personally it's not my rooting I'm not rooting for that one to win if it wins I won't be mad I'll be I will get glad uh I think it'll just be a little bit of a surprise to mm-hmm. me um but. Uh, again, that's happened a few years where it's, oh, okay, that one, okay. But uh, I thought it was very good. I liked the overall overall arch of the album. But, but, but you know, there's always, like, when, like, six scores are nominated. Yeah. Th- there's at least a couple you're like, yeah, not a, not a, that you're not getting it this year. No, yeah. Good job. This is to be encouragement. Yes. But. Yes. But you're going to get that a trophy a little bit later. But with all with those ones, I'm always scared of like if this if this if these guys win, like what rrr. credibility do, you, do I have to speak on such issues? <laughs> well, that or maybe this uh, award is going down the tubes. Um, sure. But no, it's good. I I did really appreciate the fact that it worked as an album um, and had a, a nice character. To, like the music felt like a character and. It, moved along so that part was good it just didn't blow me away Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was actually to your point of like what makes for me a good score really check the mark on the album but it was just kind of good yeah Yeah. a good competent c plus oh i'd give it a b even yeah 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 let's give it a hard b yeah we're looking for a's Oh yeah, for like a our to winner a tonight. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I can I can hear a B on yeah, that. Totally. Okay. Uh, what's what letters in the alphabet? Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This is a John Williams um, score. No real shocker there. Did all the other Indiana Jones? Could you have imagined if they had someone else doing? The score for, like, the Indiana Jones movie. I know, like, a lot of people were kind of, like, not a huge fan of the film. Yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of it not being very good by most accounts. Yeah. But, like, getting someone other than John Williams to do an Indiana Jones film, it's, like, kind of crazy. I find it kind of funny. There's the time, There's the odd time where people would be like, oh, why is John Williams still doing, like, you know, Indiana Jones or the Star Wars? And I'm like, if anybody else did it, you'd be up in arms. It, it's kind of like the – it reminds me of – when ACDC like released an album after 20 years and people were like, it just sounds like the other ones. And it's like, you were wanting something different. Yeah. Sorry. I'm still relevant 60 years into my career. Yeah, like, <laughs> Everyone <what are> doing, <laughs> uh, 
But this is John Williams' 49th Academy Award nomination. Um, although, how, many, how many times has he taken home the iron? Only five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess like like at a point, people are like, okay, John, you're really, really good. Like, yeah, We're yeah. just going to give you the Lifetime Achievement Award for being great. Right. Well, but we got to pass it around. Uh, to that point, I mean, um, Alfred Newman, he... Um, the guy from the Mad Magazine? Uh, maybe. I mean, hopefully. Uh, he's won. Uh, he was nominated f- uh, 41 times, so pretty close to the same 49, but he's won nine awards, so almost double. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and John Williams is currently the oldest nominee at 91 years old. Well done, maestro. <laughs> right? Seriously. Yeah. Not having to prove anything to anyone and still getting nominated. Exactly. Like, <laughs> no big deal. Uh, do you remember listening to this one? Uh, or do you remember your thoughts about it? Well, this is the one I, I, I confess I didn't get to listening to. No problem. Uh, but, believe it or not, I've heard a John Williams score in an Indiana Jones film before. Oh, well, you probably know some of the themes that will come up. Upon this listen, too. Yes. Oh, good. I, I feel way better about not being as prepared as I ought to have been. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were pretty prepared. I I gave you the out that you didn't actually have to do anything, and you did. So No, uh, homework's fun. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, the first five pieces from the album. Personally, uh, I thought it was good. It was... Um, th- the thing I did like about it was there's some twists and turns that you're not expecting. So let's uh, jump into it. This is John Williams' excerpts from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny here on CGSW 90.9 FM.
That was excerpts from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, a soundtrack by John Williams. The excerpts we heard, Prologue, Helena's Theme, Germany 1944, to Morocco, and Voller Returns. Well, we are just past the halfway mark here on That's Classical. This is a contemporary classical music radio program heard every Sunday night on CGSW 90.9 FM. We broadcast live from the third floor east side of the McCune Hall Student Center here at the University of Calgary in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which happens to be Treaty 7 land. If you're in Lethbridge, you might be listening to this program via CKXU 88.3. You can also tune in uh, on cgsw.com. You can listen live or you can listen back to old episodes of this program or any of the great CGSW programming there. You can listen as an iTunes podcast or on the CJSW app as well. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or requests, the number here in the booth, 403-220-3991. Adam, what did you think of, uh, I guess, the excerpts you heard from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? They were really subdued, like, Mm -hmm. in in contrast to, like, yeah, here, I don't know the Crystal Skulls score super duper well, right. but I can verify, verifiably say I've seen the other Indiana Jones movies like 50 times as sure. a kid. Yeah. So I know all those ones super well and like they have such an iconic feel to them. Mm-hmm. Like each one, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark, they each have a different flavor yeah. uh, and a theme and a motif yeah. to go on. And I didn't d- detect a motif in that in that piece of music or those, those excerpts that we heard sure, in the yeah. same ways other than you know the iconic kind of titular Indiana Jones score that everyone yeah, knows totally um so it was it was like very competently done and executed but I don't know if it really yeah. uh left an impression which in a weird way I wonder if that's John Williams kind of like grinding into the movie too it's like I don't know if this is your yeah. best work. No, I was thinking that because I was, I was thinking how we we gave uh, a letter grade to the other one. I kind of want to give this a B as well, and I I kind of feel bad for Laura Cartman, but she this is I think her first nomination, so we'll give her yeah it's her first nomination. So for a first nomination, a B is a good grade. For a 49th nomination, is a B a good grade? He also has already five awards. So, like, is this him slipping or is him this him? He does so much, like... Well, you can't win them all, John. Exactly. <laughs> you know? can't all be gold. And and to be honest, he's done better work yes. in other scores. Yeah. And if I was going to grade this and with... The mind that he's arguably one of the greatest living people doing what he does. Totally. Uh, I would say it's a C. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's competent. Sure. Yeah. And it's well executed and it sounds great. The recordings mm-hmm. are beautiful, but the actual meat on the bones is a little little stringy for me. Yeah. I was kind of, yeah, I'm kind of, it's hard not to play the comparison game. Well, Hey, that's what a legacy will do. Yeah. You you, you know, Laura, we didn't get to talk to about as much because this is her first nomination. Yeah. Whereas this is someone who's like 
like I said, the great one of the greatest living people doing what he does. Yeah, exactly. And so I was kind of like, am I giving it a B because I know of his potential, because I know of his legacy, or am I giving it a B because on its own, even without the movie, yeah, it's a good soundtrack. I don't, I, I don't know the answer. Maybe, maybe you have the right answer, and it's actually a C. Well, yeah, or maybe you listening right now, you have the right answer. Yeah. We're both wrong. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe next week we'll be proven wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time. Actually, yeah, I should look into that if I've guessed them right. No, I haven't. I've guessed some of them right. Some of them, yeah. Uh, okay, well, we're going to some CanCon now, some uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, while it's an American uh, based on an American true story, which is a very, very sad true story. Uh, the composer of the soundtrack is Robbie Robertson, the late, great Robbie Robertson, who uh, apparently had quite the um, relationship with Martin Scorsese. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I knew some of it, I guess, but not. The Last Waltz and stuff like that. Yeah, but then it went into like other movies they've done together, and uh, I can't remember exactly. I heard it on an interview a while back. But this must have been the, the Irishman, the- Gangs of New York, Wolf of Wall Street, Casino. Yeah, I had no idea. Robbie Robson, have guitar, will travel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, absolutely. This must have been the last thing he did before he yeah. got his ticket punched. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, did you listen to this one? Yes, I did. And initial thoughts, just f- facts that popped up while listening. Uh, okay. Initial, uh, I thought it was very reflective of the film it was trying yeah. to depict. Yeah. Like it, it had the right texture, feel. Totally. Uh, ambience and all that kind of jazz. Um, yeah, like it was, it, you know, it kind of reminded me of like the deadwood music the, okay. the, the like the opening theme to the deadwood tv series yeah interesting um and and yeah i i i, I won't say anything more there but uh yeah. you know what were your thoughts uh up until the deadwood thing i was uh right along with you that's really interesting i hadn't i think i've heard that a couple times but uh it's now coming back into my my mind grapes and uh that's really interesting it could be a, like comparison it also remind me of like some coen brothers yeah of course movie, totally movie soundtracks yeah like, yeah you know it, it just has a good use of space yes which that you know landscapes yeah keep it nice and open and expansive which i mean really works well this is based in i mean osage county osage you know oklahoma that kind of general area the state's wide open spaces so uh yeah great use of space in it well let's uh let's get to it these are, these are excerpts from uh killers of the flower moon here on cjsw 90.9 fm Bakshay, 
That was selections from the movie Killers of the Flower Moon, composed by Robbie Robertson. Adam, what were your thoughts on uh, at least the first five there? Uh, the first five, actually, I'll just say the names. Intro, The Sacred Pipe, uh, Osage, Oil Boom, My Land, My Land, Heartbeat Theme, Niukonska, and then They Don't Live Long. Adam, thoughts? Um, well, I like it when rockers do film soundtracks. Like Neil Young's uh, soundtrack for Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man, also okay. one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Okay. There's something because maybe this comes from being a dumb rock musician yeah. of sorts is just like there's a simplicity thing that's accessible mm. that I think for a movie, especially like Kills of Fire Moon, where it's depicting a time, place, and a rustic mm. sort of feel to it. It's like yeah. it doesn't have to be like very compositional. It can yes. be just – a jam, mm-hmm. which you know, kind of, or or just kind of like revolving around a motif and stuff like that, which I quite yeah. enjoy. And it can really, it. I mean, obviously, it's setting the tone. It's music, but it really sets the tone. Oh um, yeah, because of that jam, because it kind of puts you in a meditative spot where you kind of forget that the music isn't part of the actual background. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not just some band in the corner. You're like, oh, yeah, it's not. It's coming from my speakers. But it, but it's it's helping, you know, create the gravy that mm-hmm. is the film. <laughs> yeah. You know, experience. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. it sounded good. Nice. I, I liked uh, actually some of that, that last piece there a lot with mm-hmm. just the, the voice and kind of that, like, uh, synth bass. Yeah. It sounded really, really cool. Yeah. I agree. I thought it was a – I thought it was really good – album uh or sorry it's a really good soundtrack personally as an album i don't think it works um yeah i'll I'll give you that it definitely sounds like when you listen to it all the way through it's like this is a clip from the movie this is another clip from the movie like this was used as to set the mood in this scene does it connect with this previous track not at all and so it's just these clips. Each clip, really great. I think it would work, make the movie really good. I haven't seen the movie, um, but I can, based on what I'm listening to. But as an album, I don't think it works at all. And bringing up that kind of critique, I would kind of like kind of have to reassess that in light of our critiques of the Indiana Jones theme that we heard or the music mm. from that is just like oh yeah this is probably great in those parts of the movie but yeah, as a totally. full meal deal listening experience i just don't feel it in the same way where you can like actually throw in howard George's lord of the rings soundtrack yeah. and be like all right let's go the all these songs slay <laughs> totally yeah i mean <clears throat> i feel like i do that with just music in general i i think my like very boiled down definition or like things that i like and i can like a lot of different music but i have to know that the composer be it for classical or rock or whatever is trying to say something i don't have to understand what they're trying to say but i have to know that they're not just like spewing gibberish they're trying to communicate something um which to your point like do I get that when I listen to the Indiana Jones or to Colors of the Flower Moon on an album level? No. On a 
each track? Yes. Mm-hmm. I see what they're saying. Or I see that they're trying to say something. But out as the music, as the, pardon me, piece of artwork that is the album, unfortunately, no. Well, good job, Robbie. Thanks for all the great music. Yeah. <laughs> We're not ripping into you from beyond the grave. <laughs> I know, I feel so bad. <laughs> no, don't. Because he's also like... A Canadian legend, and like yes, he can take it. I feel like CanCon's going to come the at criticism me from very two directly <laughs> on a late Sunday night. It's all right. You're going to get an email from CanCon, like so can, and be like, "Hey, that we get an guy. email from Canada." Yeah, <laughs> dear Adam, get your act together. <laughs> Signed, the country. <laughs> yeah, just the country. Uh, I mean, I like a lot. Anyways, so. This uh, essentially goes with the other two, where it's like, it's good. It's good. Are we going to give the letter grade? I'd say I'm also going to change Indiana Jones to a B minus. This is a B minus, and Indiana Jones is a B minus. This is a B minus for me. Yeah. Nice. Same. Same. Nice. Yep. So right now we have American Fiction in the lead at a B. Okay. Man, we're just <laughs> we have very exacting standards here. Yes, we have very We'll see very if the Academy standards. agrees with us next week. I, well, I was going over the list since I was doing this, and I'm pretty I'm pretty good at calling it. So Okay. I'm not hundred percent, but if I was then you I, would be not I'd very get paid a lot more. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh so the next one, Oppenheimer. Uh Ludwig uh, Göransson is the composer on this. Uh, they won in 2018 for Black Panther, uh, and um, they have been uh, nominated a few times. Um, did you were you able to listen to the Oppenheimer yes. one? Yeah. Any thoughts? Um, I before thought we jump into it. This one was actually the most narrative. Yeah. Of okay. it, like it told a story, like it almost mm. was like listening to the Oppenheimer book on tape. Oh yeah, because I thought there were so many clever uses of music to kind of convey the nature of the story. Mm-hmm. Like there was a uh, kind of like almost like Geiger countery polyrhythm stuff that going on in the yeah. background of some of the tracks, and and there were some really interesting things, and especially uh, some of the more dramatic pieces. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I know what just happened. Totally. Spoiler alert, they invented the atomic bomb. I you haven't know. seen it yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I ruined it for you. Oh, jeez. But, uh, no, I, I uh, thought it had a lot of really clever construction. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the, the, I don't know necessarily the instrumentation or, or like the, how mm. it was engineered, but the the feel the production feel of it yeah. I thought was really good. They did mm-hmm. some. It wasn't just completely organic. Yeah, like we're gonna put a microphone in front of this acoustic instrument kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It was like we're modifying things. Yeah. It's gonna get a little bit weird, mm-hmm. and you know, in subtle sort of ways. But it yeah really made a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was well produced for sure. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I. If uh, we'll get into more specifics after, as we have been, I thought it was interesting. It's very, in- it's captivating. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll leave it as that. It was captivating, kind of what you're saying of like, wow, what are they doing with this? What are they doing? With, like, what is this narrative they're 
uh, formulating the Geiger counter. I, yeah, I was very captivated by it. Uh, well, let's jump into it. These are the first uh, selections from the Oppenheimer soundtrack here on CJSW 90.9 FM.
Those were excerpts by Ludwig Göransson's soundtrack, Oppenheimer. Uh, the pieces we heard from the soundtrack there, Fission, Can You Hear the Music, A Lowly Shoe Salesman, and Quantum Mechanics, and then Gravity Swallows Light. Adam, great song titles. Yes. <laughs> First of all, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, even for like a rock band, like Gravity Swallows Light. Exactly. We were talking about Godspeed, Your Black Emperor. It's like, yeah. hey, they forthcoming album from Dearly Departed Band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed that one. I thought this, like that it was in that fission track. There was that kind of, uh, it was almost increasing the tempo of a synthesizer yeah. or, like arpeggiation. Yeah. And it sounded so, so cool. Oh, like, yeah. Like I, so I love that kind of attention to detail because it is so evocative of what the movie's thematic mm-hmm. uh, you know purpose is and yeah yeah very cool stuff yeah definitely uh like i said before it was captivating it told a story just the music obviously there's a story in the movie but if somebody had just played this for me not telling me the name of it or that it was a soundtrack i would have seen that there was I probably would have guessed it was a soundtrack, but there's there's narrative to it. Uh, very well produced. This is my uh, this is my A, I think A grade. Yeah, A. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put it as A. I had another A, I think, in there. And we tonight? Have... You mean yes? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, good. Yeah, let's get to the last one. Poor things. This is by. Uh, Jerskin Fendix, pardon me, Fendrix. Um, this is, uh, they are uh, kind of new to the game. And uh, this is apparently, from what all I've heard a few interviews, this is a very interesting movie. Uh, and it's complemented by a very interesting soundtrack. Yes. I thought this I one was the least sure. conventional of all the soundtracks we uh, went through for this show. I will very much agree with that. And that's, I think it's greatest strength going yep. into the last listen. That's here. true. Yeah. So let's uh, hear excerpts from Poor Things here on CJSW 90.9 FM.
So that was excerpts from Poor Things, a soundtrack composed by Jerskin Fendrix. And uh, the tracks from Poor Things that we heard, Bella, We, Bella and Max, Mother of God, and Victoria. Adam, what did you think? Uh, I think it's your very game-changing observation has been tonight. It's very much bonded to the film. Mm, or yeah. is a film viewing experience, not yeah. as like a freestanding listening experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that being said, I think it falls into that camp, which we've two of the ones we've listened to tonight, Killers of the Flower Moon and... Um, and Poor Things. And Poor Things, yeah, yeah definitely fall into that camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it, I like it because it's really interesting uses of kind of space as well yeah. as like... I love the accentuating hits. Mm-hmm. That, it almost sounds like it's, uh, he's working with a Foley artist. Yes, totally. Yeah. It's like Carl Stalling kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like Looney Tunes kind of. Jazz, yeah, yeah. Where there's like, you know, weird kind of bends and like I love the kind of almost pitch shifty stuff that was going on in yeah. that first track. Totally. Uh, so I, I thought it was like one of the, mo- the probably the most innovative one in terms of like, oh, you're doing some cool stuff, but. Yeah. As a, if we're going with the criteria of a freestanding listening experience, I don't know if it beats Oppenheimer for me. Fair. If we're not, uh, well, what is your criteria? Well, as a film, film enhancing experience, mm-hmm. you know, as okay. a freestanding album, I guess, like, really for me, I, I guess its history will be its judge. Sure. With it, like, I'm sure Howard Shore was never thinking, like, oh, the soundtrack I make for Lord totally. of the Rings is going to be this iconic thing Absolutely. that yeah, people are no. going to know for the rest of their lives. Totally. Uh, versus, you know, coming to it, I was like, well, I want to, oh, this is, looks like a quirky movie. I have some ideas. Yes. And let's yeah. put it to t- mm-hmm. And there we go. Yeah. Did the job, got nominated for an Academy Award. And here we are. Who are, who are we to say to, <laughs> on how they did? But, um, yeah, I, I, I guess in terms of if I was going to like just you know throw a, a track on for a bike ride or mm-hmm. an album on for a bike ride, it'd have to be Oppenheimer for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I agree with everything. This was such an interesting movie. Uh, I mean, movie soundtrack, I haven't seen the movie yet, but uh, definitely the most, oh, this is interesting. What is that sound? What is this? But yeah, as an album, not a chance. Uh, it's it's easy, easily a B. Mm-hmm. Uh, this it, this composer is very young, so I'm excited to see what they do next. Yeah, it's a B plus for me. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it could be a B plus. Yeah, just uh, yeah, it just actually how little is in.